I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. All right. We're back. We are back. We're back to record more things and thoughts and feelings. And all the things that come in between. Whoa. There's more things? Yeah, more things than thoughts and feelings. Wishes. (sighs) Hopes. Oh, crap. I'm beginning to see why I've been Red so un- why I've been so unhappy. Really? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I have a severe wishes and hopes deficiency. Gotta have more wishes. All right, all right, all right. I did just see into the woods, so I think I know how oh, this is girl. supposed to work. Yeah, I know. All right, we're picking up where we left off. Where we left off. Do you th- do you want to give? A- like where from what to what we're covering? Yeah, today? yeah. So today we're covering from nap through birthday. Ooh. So it's nap, household, night, and birthday. Perfect. This is the nap that follows waiting room in case there's additional naps, <laughs> in case there's a lot of naps that are happening. It's anything like my life, there's a lot of naps. It's possible that there's a nap sack. <laughs> anything could happen. Napster. Oh, man. Oh, R.I.P. <sighs> Napster. I mean, you can still get anything for free. That's true. It's the <laughs> internet. Who <laughs> I just really like doing the down the sickness thing. That was corny. I know. Uh, I'm a corny with a person. K. Oh, oh, with a backwards well. K. <laughs> um, I decided that's the sound my vagina makes at the women's march. <laughs> my vagina is down with the sickness. My vagina is just like long. I, I imagine your vagina is a lot like Maria Von Trapp. Oh God! I would love it's that Maria Vag Trap. Maria Vag Trap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm no, actually, it. I like to call my vagina the Baroness. Please, Ooh. wouldn't that be great? Ooh. If I really did that. Yeah, the Baroness gets a raw deal in Sound and Music. She Disgust. really, she really does. She does because she's like number one, a Baroness and gorgeous. Yeah, number two, she's sure that you know Weimar Republic realness. Yeah, um, she really is. She's got a gay best friend. She does have a gay best friend. Uncle Max is gay as shit. So gay. Mm-hmm. Like, who else would, like, see the lonely goat herd and be like, yes, Absolutely. Austria needs to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And she's so great. She's just like, oh, Max, you really are a beast. <laughs> Sound of Music is in my top five favorite movies ever. Oh, is ever. it? Yeah. I feel like it's a bit long for me. It's always <sighs> been a little bit long. Love it. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Liesl and Rolf. Uh, really oh my favorite my favorite type romances are where it's like <laughs> this is this is cl- well yeah um but this is clearly a bad idea it's unhealthy <laughs> this is not smart <laughs> so i'm learning uh to go against my instincts do you know that she just recently died Charming i did, I did know that, that. So she was so beautiful she's really pretty oh my gosh even as an older woman she's mm-hmm. very pretty i saw her, at her the eyes Hollywood are Bowl. so striking yes uh-huh. very striking eyes <sighs> However, I, do a sound of music I was going to say, this is not a sound of music Woo! podcast. If anyone wants that, let me know. I'll do it. Can we call it Adel? Yes. <laughs> I did. I, I'm so excited. We're covering a uh, birthday chapter because I did write like a bunch of yasses in the, in the <laughs> margin at one point. So I hope we get to it. Uh, we will get to it because it's in this. Sec- Look, we, we are going to go as long as it takes, Molly. Yeah. Let's to get it. this section. This is. This is real. Okay? I'm raring to go. We could be deported to the colonies at any oh time. Oh, my God. I'm not sure my junk hasn't gone bad. I have no proof. 
Like, I think I'm just practicing fertility awareness method really well, but maybe I'm just infertile. Well, we certainly don't know, and we may not find out. No, I need one of these doctors who wants to bang me. Gosh. Don't we? Oh. No, you know, actually, I like to keep it profesh. I do. do you, but you have you do have a male gynecologist, right? Uh, I did. I don't. I have different insurance now, okay. but I realized I was like, I much prefer a male gynecologist because really? he does not have any skin in the game. With like That's a with like a with like a woman joke, with a woman, it's like one of us is judging the other one. Really? You think well, because I went to see one female gynecologist and I was talking about like, oh, I might want to have a baby. This is a while ago, but I, I was like, <laughs> I might want to have a baby, but I kind of want to lose some weight first. And then she's like, isn't it hard to do portion control if you live with a man? And I was like, why are you crazy? is though it is but it's not a thing that you should say to your patient <laughs> she's trying to get a rapport I, i'm gonna give her some no nah, man she just wanted free therapy <laughs> and i'm like i'm crazy i can't tell you anything i'm not helpful oh boy All i right. think nazis are hot i know. okay rolf is cute, rolf is though. hot yeah like, and christian bale and swing kids also hot <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to hot nazis uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Hotsy Nazi. <laughs> oh, Hotsy Nazi. Nine. <laughs> and we've just lost the entire audience. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. So, nap. Nap. So, this is uh, following the. What, what happened right before this? She was waiting in oh, her yeah. room. That's right. So, she the last thing we saw was she puts the butter in her shoe. Uh, she puts the butter in the shoe and shakes it all together. <laughs> this is my new song. Uh, so, so we're still in the process of waiting for an event which has not been named. But yeah, we don't know what she's waiting for. And again, that's like the weirdness of reading this book when you've read it before mm-hmm. is that you know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. That's such a dumb phrase that I just uttered. But, but no, like, no. But it's like, you you know, there's no way to recreate the surprise and I don't remember. Well, you know, like I don't, thing. I don't remember what my reaction. The back of the book tells you what happens. It literally says in the back of my book, it goes, uh, she must lie on her back once a month and pray that the commander makes her pregnant because in an age of declining births, Offred and the other hand made her valued only for their ovaries. Um, so it straight up tells you what's going to huh. happen on Mine's the back of the book. very similar. Oh, what does it uh, say? But it's a little bit different. Uh, she must lie on her back once a month and pray that the commander makes her pregnant because in an age of declining births, Offred and the other handmaids are valued only if their ovaries are viable. Oh, see, I was paraphrasing. Mine says the exact oh, same thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I was like, I had that awareness. I'm like, this quote was going on too long. Help. Okay. Stop. Sorry. I was like, oh, it's weird that they made that maybe viable is too big of a word now. <laughs> no, actually. So, so I knew that going in. I believe that's why I chose this book because I'm like, make her pregnant. I know what that means. I'm excited. <laughs> and then it's like this long, drawn out, um, you know, preamble to that. Uh, so, yeah, but reading it aloud to Mitch, who hasn't read the back cover, he's like, what is happening? It's like, oh, you don't even know. Yeah. You don't even know. Shit's about to get real. And by real, I mean science fiction Yeah. And it even, t- it just takes a, a, incredibly long time to get to the sex well and you know what so again we talked a little bit in the last episode about margaret atwood Mm -hmm. saying oh you know um i don't write science fiction right i write speculative fiction Mm -hmm. and i think she's justified in saying that because she's always very adamant in the way that only a scorpio can be (laughs) hashtag scorpio pride (laughs) hashtag fuck the haters (laughs) um so she's like hey 
this is speculative fiction because nothing that I talk about in my books is something that either hasn't already happened Mm -hmm. or it's never a technology that doesn't already exist. Exactly. She just stacks it. You know, she just plays out the what if with all this stuff. Totally. And that is different than inventing a technology wholesale. I think that's what makes it. I mean, this is, this is just, you know, Iran. Totally. You know, that's so interesting because I saw, there's Jezebel or Hello Giggles or something posted the Handmaid's Tale trailer and I was juiced on it. So I wanted to talk about it in the mm-hmm. comments. But a lot of people were saying in the comments are like, no, this kind of thing does happen in like Middle Eastern countries. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a little sensitive to like kind of like anti-Muslim stuff. Or yeah. Like, and I like I wasn't saying lately. that to be like anti-Muslim. No, I'm no, just no. saying like what we're talking about. We're talking about a government coup. Right. Where theocrats overthrew the government. Right. And forced women into the sort of, you know, modest. Absolutely. You know, and they, they can't have jobs like that. That's what I mean. I know. And And I don't, I think that's what this person, I don't think they're doing this, but it was just sex thing. It raised my hackles a little bit because I was nervous about that. And then she explained it just like you. Oh, okay. Great. It's like, it's more that, but what I think we're one of the good ones. Yeah. (laughs) What I think it's missed is that, a lot of this stuff happens here, mm-hmm. you know, it, certainly not to the, the same degree, but the certain ideas that like, um, it's like big love didn't even happen. <laughs> Is big love progressive. No, oh. I'm saying big love, um, which I didn't watch. Oh, but I read a lot of the recaps. I do I that. Do that I do that all I the time that too. Cause I just, I'm curious about the subject, but mm-hmm. I don't, not enough to watch yeah. it. But anyway, but there were, there was like a very like regressive polygamist cult. Oh. Um, that was like the counterpoint to like, look, Bill Paxton, God, Bill Paxton, R. R. Dead. I just Bill remember. Paxton, Charmaine Carr. How many other heroes must we lose? I mean, everybody dies, Molly. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh boy. Well, this puts a damper on my Saturday. <sighs> don't um don't listen to the soundtrack to Sweeney Todd, okay? Just... Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to that in high school and being like, yeah, you're right. Everybody it was too die. scary for yeah. me. I bought it from Columbia House mm-hmm. and um I, I would try to listen, but just the, the factory whistle at the beginning was too scary. I really? like that. And I would listen to Jekyll and Hyde all the time, mm-hmm. but that also was very scary. So like I couldn't yeah. listen to certain songs before bed. That does happen to me. Like I get, I watch the Sweeney Todd movie, even mm-hmm. though like Johnny Depp one and I'm like into it. And then I go to bed and I'm like, Oh no. And you hear that factory whistle Help. and you're like, oh. that was totally me. Like post Babadook. I cannot. I cannot watch that. I can't even. I get upset if somebody says that to me at nighttime. I love horror movies, but I got to be real careful. Like I I subscribe to Shudder, which is like the AMC like uh, horror platform. Oh, is it? It's great. Like there's a lot of really Shudder like with D's. Yeah. Like (laughs) I just actually I want to work for them. So if anybody listening. Um, I have a lot of notes on your user interface. I cannot. Um, okay. Anyway, listen, we are digressing because perhaps we're approaching one of the least comfortable parts of this book. Ugh, so many things are uncomfortable in this section, but let's just dive right in. My favorite part uh, from this very first page of this chapter even <gasps> is she talks about... I underlined the same thing. I'm so excited oh, for you to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think anybody who has had a fuckboy lover yeah. like, understands Yeah. <laughs> It goes. Uh, it's, she's talking about the the paintings of the harem girls 
And she talks about like that parentheses of nothing, which is waiting for a man to arrive. And I love the part where she goes, uh, but maybe boredom is erotic when women do it for men. It's like, oh my God. Like I just like when I, it was like fireworks going off in my Mm -hmm. brain. It Mm -hmm. was just like, it was because I, you know, there's so many great lines like that in this book Mm -hmm. and I forget them. They're beautiful. But But I'm just like, oh my God. Well, because if a woman is bored, and you know mm-hmm. you are in a harem and if you're that in that situation then you have no reason for being other than the man right so it's this weird sense of yeah. control where it's like if you have anything else going on yeah i know it's so interesting well it's just it's so like i think what she does a great job of in this book is finding tiny relatable moments of womanhood oh yeah that that idea of like waiting and what's interesting is is have you ever had that where you're like waiting for somebody and they're they're gonna come over and you're gonna you know have sex and you want to look a certain way when they come oh totally so you want to be doing something interesting so you're not like i'm not i wasn't like watching the kardashians and you came over and we banged like i was reading a book or i was Mm -hmm. looking at at something i was i was posed in a certain way and you want you want them to see you the way it's a posture yeah yeah Mm -hmm totally i mean i haven't really done that in a long time i know neither have i but no but i mean it's definitely a thing that i did absolutely but i mean i think as women like so much of what we see of womanhood is poses absolutely i mean every magazine you see i think the best other than this line about boredom being erotic when women do it for men the best um iteration of this idea is in the movie bridesmaids where uh kristen wig wakes up before john ham and she goes and she brushes her teeth and she like combs her hair and puts makeup on and then puts on like a sexier outfit and she kind of like yeah pretends yeah. to be asleep and it was before he wakes up it's so great <laughs> oh i love it um yeah so and again oh they talk about the pig balls pig ball uh i like i just thought that was interesting i'd like to call it pork ball pork ball pork ball <laughs> pork ball Okay, cool. <laughs> pork ball sounds delicious. I would love a pork ball with some lovely white sauce mm. and some bread. I think it's great. Excuse, I can't keep doing this podcast. I have to go, I have to okay, go buy sorry, a pork we're ball. We're going to take a pork ball break. We're going to take a PBB pork ball break. I love um, that she's doing, you know, these pelvic uh, uh, lifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do these frequently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it feels good. Yeah, and I have a hurdy vagina. So <laughs> we mentioned this. We your, mentioned my hurdy vagina. Your vagina. Your vagina should be called the Baroness because it's just <laughs> so it's high maintenance. High maintenance. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to your vagina as the Baroness. We can both have Baroness vaginas. Okay, they can be friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> Baroness one and Baroness two. <laughs> exactly. So that's funny that like that's how she recreates is even in preparation for birth. Well, even I mean, she's not pregnant. She has nothing to do. Yeah. And actually, I think this is more practice for getting pregnant. Oh, um, for, yeah. Because, you know, not always, but, you know, and there's there's varying opinions about whether this is effective or not. But, like, mm-hmm. people say if you tilt your pelvis up mm-hmm. after you have been inseminated. Right. Uh, I'm very romantic. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, the, that supposedly helps the sperm. Interesting. But I don't think that's actually, like, that true. Yeah, I, I, I think your vagina just goes... <laughs> Yeah, it's like a sponge, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like when your cervix is soft, anything Ooh, goes. Anything man. goes. Anything goes with a soft surface. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next thing that's significant here is she talks about when Moira, her friend, comes to the birthing center. Uh, or pardon me, the Rachel and Leah center, and she sees her for the first time. So she's been 
captured. I mean, I think all the people that are here have been captured mm-hmm. in some way or another. So they finally got Moira and she's Yeah, I mean, I wonder I wonder what your experience is like if you were just like, "Hey, you know what? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to turn myself in just basically. Gonna, you know, blessed be the fruit. Let's right, uh, let's, I am. let's make some magic. Let's make some babies. <laughs> let's do this. Carol's ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carol. <laughs> the one that got away. No, she's like, uh, you know, if the Handmaid's Tale was written from Carol's perspective, oh it would gosh. be a whole different she just story. Loves it. That would be funny if there was one person that was stoked. On oh it. man, I wish we worked for SNL because then we could write that, like you know, for the week Woo! for the week that the general yeah. public is going to give a shit about the Handmaid's Tale. Be like, Isn't this great, you guys? You guys, I fucking love having babies and giving them away. <laughs> Some ladies are like that. My friend was like that. She was like, I should be a surrogate because I fucking love being pregnant and I could just, you know, I know it doesn't sound like fun to me. The whole thing. I'm like, no shit. I mean, that's who you are. That's who I mean. You're helping a lot of people. Yeah. I know somebody who used a surrogate for his twins and that was a really wonderful thing for him and his wife. A bunch of people love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got like a referral from a friend and like, like oh, so funny. Nice. Like the same lady like gestating oh, that's an entire peer group. I'm like weird. Wow. Yeah. That is weird. But good human for them. human relationships, man. Good for them. Um Yeah, so let's see what else we can talk about here. Oh, this is cruddy. This is they talk about Janine uh confessing in the in the Rachel and Leah Center and how they all have to testify they call it where you talk about your past i guess and it's basically like sexual traumas Mm. and then reframing it so it's definitely your fault it's so scary and that's i mean that's an example of stuff that happens oh yeah i mean this is happening in a church down the street from wherever you're listening to this bound to be isn't that messed up it's terrifying but it's something that happens and you know the the issue here is that janine seems to get a little bit too into it yeah Janine. she she enjoys this she probably also likes fictional nazis um (laughs) janine def does janine def is into fictional nazis um but this is again remember this is janine who's now of warren who mm-hmm. is pregnant so we've mm-hmm. met her already she features heavily she in features this very heavily in this book she's like in the bell jar um god i can't remember the name of the woman but there's like a friend of mm. uh esther greenwood's from college mm. who winds up in the same sanitarium as her oh. and she's like fuck this bitch she's faking she yeah. just like wants to be the craziest oh. and then that woman winds up killing herself oh no yeah she and, won. and mr greenwood is like oh she won it's, <laughs> it's not fair i haven't read the bell jar but i have read the entire princess diary series multiple times so i've read I the book here. the royal we uh i think 13 <laughs> times how many times have you listened to it on audiobook um, only, is that what only one so far oh, okay. but i'm driving to la again in may so i might do it again <laughs> it's a really good audiobook. I know you told me. The woman is very expressive and she's good at that. all the different voices. Okay. I'm going to give oh, it a listen. I got it so good. Sponsored we're sponsored by Audible. Uh, <laughs> I wish, girl. Oh, it's too bad they fired me. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. We still probably don't have enough of a business case yet. Although who knows? <sighs> who knows? Listen, everybody, tell your friends and tell then friends. then we'll have a business case. Who cares? And then Audible will sponsor Let's do us. It. Life will work out for Let's all. Do it. uh so so yeah so speaking of testifying doing it (laughs) no still too early i think uh 
let's see. I didn't really underline anything in this chapter. It's short. You know, it's just, she's literally just waiting and she, um, you know, she's thinking about Luke and, and where he is. And we get a little bit of, of her trying to get away with her daughter and, yes. and just trying to like shield her this with is what I was talking her body about last time about her being a faster runner mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. Oh, this is so scary. It gives, it's been, this book has been giving me like anxiety. Oh no. Like, it, I mean, you know, poor me, but it's just like, I called my mom. I called my grandma. Cause it's just like, I need I want. I need to feel close to somebody yeah. right now. Uh, I mean, sad. at the end of this, of all the dreams, this is the worst. Ugh. And I totally. Ugh. 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 I have. I have very vivid dreams. Really, which mostly is fun. <laughs> it mostly is fun. Right. You get to do cool stuff. Sure. But when it's bad, it's, it's so really bad. bad. It can derail me for an entire day. Ugh. It. This book makes me feel like those dreams where you you are crying in the dream, but you're not crying in real life, but mm-hmm. your body feels spent. Yeah. Like you've been crying. This whole book gives me that feeling, <laughs> which is why I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's a really remarkable book. It's incredibly what remarkable. It, what it achieves with language oh. and the Mwah. state of mind that it puts you in is mm-hmm. incredible. It's very good. I like how we're selling this book on a podcast predicated on the idea that like you have read and enjoyed this book. Listen, um, everybody needs to have their bias confirmed from time to time. Oh, totally. Uh, so the next section is uh, household. Our um, house in, in the, the middle, middle of Gilead. Gilead. I was going to say Gilead also, but then oh, I hesitated. Don't. Go all in. Yes, and We completed a sentence earlier together, we so I feel, I feel good about it. <laughs> we did that was fun Uh, let's see um oh did you get this reference because i know it's a reference to something but i didn't go any deeper uh it's she goes into the sitting room and she says or maybe it's a parlor the kind with spider a spider and flies um it's got to be a reference to something and i don't know what it it is it's like a I don't know. I just keep thinking if there was an old woman who swallowed a fly. Yeah. I think, I, isn't there like a famous spider and fly like poem? Maybe. I, I don't hate know. poetry though. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> okay. I'll look into it for next time. But I, 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 I was like, Oh, I know this is something. I just don't know what it is. Um, yeah. So in, they're in the sitting room with Serena joy. Uh, and it's kind of funny that they, we just came off of that a chapter where they said it's waiting is erotic when you uh-huh. do it for a man. But here they are waiting for a man to do something very, I mean, not very erotic, but something sexual. Something that and it, was once erotic. Yeah. And it's kind of robbed of that eroticism now. Yeah. And what's interesting, because Nick is there as well, the chauffeur. Yes. So it's not just women. And what's interesting about this interaction is that he does something so non-sexual and it's easily the most sexually charged part of this whole section. Yeah. He's so close that the tip of his boot is touching my foot. Is this oh. on purpose? Whether it is or not. We are touching two shapes of leather. I feel my shoe soften. Blood flows into it. It grows warm. It becomes a skin. Her foot got a boner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you are, I, you know, I have gone not to this degree, but it's like when you go without touch. Right. For long periods of time. Yeah. Especially if you were accustomed to Mm -hmm. loving touch. Yeah. You start to lose your effing mind. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's just even uh, the eroticism of small things. Like yeah. it, it's so like it makes me excited just like reading about and he puts his foot back to touch her. Mm-hmm. So it is on purpose. 
He's like, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge, check out this foot. <laughs> so it's like, it's forbidden, and maybe that's what makes it charged. Oh, yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, anything, anything forbidden. Mm. I'm like, sign me up, baby. <laughs> I'm like, is that house on fire? I'm going to run inside. Ooh, mm. Oh, did you tell me not to do that? Because that's what I'm about to do. <laughs> Make uh, bad choices. Make bad choices. <laughs> I'm the Janine of this podcast. Cry, baby. Cry, baby. <laughs> Do it again, Aunt Lydia. Uh, ugh. Ugh. Hate it. Um, yeah, so they're all waiting for the commander who is late. <laughs> What an asshole. Like, come on, dude. Like, you have one job. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I guess he does other stuff. Like command, or right? Like whatever what does that he command exactly? Yeah, His title is know. very unclear to me. I definitely it's like one of those made-up Silicon Valley job titles. <laughs> uh, so Serena Joy turns on the TV. It's uh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the most interesting part, and I think we made slight reference to this uh, last time. Is uh, she turns on the news and it says resettlement of the children of Ham is continuing on schedule. Uh, with says the reassuring pink face on the screen. So this is interesting because I think this is a notion that they are clearly not going into in the TV movie because uh, children of ham means black people. Yeah. And so Samira Wiley is playing Moira, yeah. which honestly is so like, it's such an inspired piece it's of casting. Real good casting. Cause she's like my number one lesbian crush. Is she? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Interesting. Oh Yeah. Did you see uh, those beautiful pictures from her wedding? I did. And then that and one troll that was like, oh my gosh, getting married on the same day as your best friend. That is goals. I wonder what their husbands look like. And someone's like, honey, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> but she did look beautiful. But you know what's really disturbing to me is that... Um, her wife, Laura, mm-hmm. who, you know, the writer, Laura Mor- I think uh, her name Lauren is Morelli. Morelli. Yeah. yeah. So Lauren Morelli looks so much like Taylor Schilling. Schilling. Yeah, she does. I was just they that. look like identical. They do. And you know who Taylor Schilling looks like? Katy Perry. Oh, my God. She looks exact. I she was in that movie with Zac Efron. And I'm like, is <sighs> Katy Perry in this movie? Six degrees of facial recognition software. Totally. But you think it's funny that she she ended up marrying someone that looks like yes. the star? It's so strange. I'm well, like, oh, damn. I love their whole love story. Like, yeah. she like left her yeah. husband to become a lesbian. So she, Samira Wiley was her number one lesbian crush. I know, too. I know. <laughs> but just Samira Wiley, like, a she's like super hot. Mm-hmm. She's super smart. Great actress. Oh, fantastic actress. Everyone on Orange Is the New Black is a great actress, but Taylor Schilling. I know. <laughs> I think. And it's not her fault. It's it's she's probably great, but just against this ensemble of like yeah. powerhouses. But like, I mean, the point of it was that she was this sort of blank totally, canvas. So it's like, totally. uh, you know, just if we could get less of her and Alex going forward, and we do have less. Of like, it. I just I want them to both die. Maybe no, I want I certainly want them to, to be. Laura Prepon's also a terrible actress. Eh, oh God, you know what pisses me off about Laura Prepon? Sorry, she's guys. a Scientologist. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But also that she made the choice that Alex takes off her glasses when she's like in the middle of conversation, which doesn't make sense to anybody that has glasses because she'll be like talking and she'll be like, anyway, let me put my glasses up like they're sunglasses. Like, like why? You need those to see. I don't know. You're not like a, a doctor in CSI where you can just be like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that doesn't make any is sense. Is that what doctors on CSI do? I've yeah. never actually seen that show. Uh, but it, yeah, back to what we were talking about before it became Orange is a New Black cast. Um, uh, so yeah, so this society is also performing like racial cleansing mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so that's messed up, but also like it follows. <laughs> you know? It does. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is also a movie set in Detroit. So yeah, so that's interesting. So they're obviously not doing that with the TV show. I mean, you which know, is fine. yeah, we'll, we'll. There's enough fucked up stuff. Oh, that there we is don't have more than because this is. I mean, this is the only time that it's mentioned. Totally. Even though, and I don't think we talked about this the last time, but like Cora and Rita, their dialogue reads uh, that's as what like you were saying. black yeah. vernacular to me. Like yeah. the way that white people write it, but you said they seem southern, and like I it, said, they and just the, seem the two in text are very interchangeable. But actually, to be honest, sometimes when I think it's Cora talks, I imagine it in like a Cockney accent. I don't know why, maybe because I'm I've been watching like a uh, Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, like I picture like either Cora or Rita as like Mrs. Patmore. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> Rita is a Mrs. Patmore. She's yeah. more temperamental. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about you know her daughter thinking oh, about that. I know. And- this is we talked about this last time but this is the in this chapter is the first time we get her name offred is the first time we hear her name this whole this whole time my name isn't offred i have another name but this is the first time she's been called offred wow i mean in my edition it's 80 plus pages into the book and in yours Mm -hmm. it's like 100 pages before we get the main character's name and that's not even her name i feel like some bullshit like fiction writing workshop would be like um margaret like this is fine but like i really need to know your protagonist's name shut up and she's like i do what i want she's like a margaret atwood i write speculative fiction smoke right. bomb boom atwood out i hope she always has a smoke she's bomb she's like in case. she's like what meryl streep as the witch in the movie of into the woods yes. like wishes she was yes. Yes. I think Meryl Streep's very overrated. Oh, mm-hmm. throwing bows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in this one, they t- touch on it lightly. They touch on it a lot more, I think, closer to the birthday part. Um, but the idea that your name is special um, and like your real name is a source of power and a source of identity, mm-hmm. which certainly gets played with with all these women who have names that are given to them, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's all you have left. Totally. And it's it's very like to me, it sounds like very like fairy tale. Like your name is the most powerful thing you have. You know, Yeah, they talk about trying they she flashes back to trying to escape with Luke and her her daughter. And it's just it makes me so anxious it's horrible Ugh. just i mean just huh you know and i don't believe america is going to exist for Ugh, very much think, longer to but be honest i think that's why it made me so scared yeah but i mean just the idea like you they have they have gone through all of this stuff they've used this jewelry that she had a stamp collection that he had to get fake visas mm-hmm. and you know she's drugging her child That's which always so scary that always flashes me back to um number of the stars did you read that by lois lowry uh, no but i can picture what you're talking it's about. um so it's about a, a danish family mm-hmm danish yes i'm like denmark danish true um uh and they they have to help um some of their jewish friends escape and there's a woman with a baby and they have to drug the baby and she the woman is like i don't want to you know he never cries and the person who you know is helping them he's like we have to we have got to drug this baby yeah Um, that's so scary and that's so scary that like 
your child without meaning to could betray you know that's why i'm not gonna have one those little assholes oh it's so scary get you killed and and them just trying to drive through all the checkpoints and the thing that like it gives me shivers now reading it is like uh we've been warned not to look too happy like welcome to being a woman fuck so scary it's so scary uh so the, she leaves that flashback, uh, and finally the commander comes in. And then I think we should pay attention from here on out to who knocks before entering a room. Because oh. that's like the smallest bit of power people have is kind of the very like Anne Ricean idea of like mm-hmm. you inviting people in yeah. is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we see it earlier when Cora, I think, knocks on her door to enter and give her food. And she said, I, I really appreciated yeah. that. And Serena Joy, uh, this is supposed to be a room and he knocks, but he doesn't wait for a reply. He comes on in. Mm-hmm. So I think we should pay attention to how people enter rooms. So he comes in, he manages to, so, yeah, this is the first time we see him, right? And get a physical no. description, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. we saw him outside the door in the hallway, yeah. but we didn't get a very good. No, the thing I think is so funny here is because he manages to appear puzzled as if he can't remember how we all got here. It's like, <laughs> that's such an old dude. It thing. is such an old dude thing. He's Uh-oh. like, Oh, like, wait, did I come in here for my reading glasses? Or- oh. oh, no, it's a ceremony. Oh. My- okay, listen, everybody. Let me just get my head together. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot, I cannot picture Joseph Fines doing this. I cannot. I'm You're gonna, uh, oh. literally going to have to. I know. And You're going to see the proof. I'm so, I'm, I'm going to see, I guess. I get, we'll see. But uh, it sounds very odd to me. I like what they say. The Bible is kept locked up the way people once kept tea locked up. So that's funny because even the Bible, if you read it differently or read certain other parts, you'd be like, hey, yeah. this doesn't add up. You're like, excuse me. It says blessed are the meek. They shall inherit yeah. the earth. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're like, no, it's really blessed are the meek. Uh, End of sentence. Be quiet. <laughs> We skipped that part earlier, but yeah, that's a good reference. <laughs> he's fucking Stalin, and then he reads the part that he's supposed to read. I love this, and I hate poetry because it's almost like poetry, but oh. still, it must be hell to be a man oh. like that. It must be just fine. It must be hell. It must be very silent. I underline the same thing. It's that so is some powerful. That is some Sylvia Plath-esque shit. Oh. Sylvia Plath, also a Scorpio, incidentally. Really? Yeah. Do you get a newsletter of all these, like, Scorpios? We are very psychically attuned and also <laughs> obsessed with being Scorpios, so... That That's so funny. I've Scorpios, met- have you not read... I, I'll have to find it and send it to you, but it's like this woman being like this is all the reasons that scorpios are terrible and scorpios i know you're reading this and you're laughing (laughs) (laughs) you love this don't you (laughs) that's That's the only thing the only thing i miss about dating a scorpio oh really is that we both just loved being scorpios (laughs) so much so weird and we'd sit around laughing about it (laughs) like i said i make terrible choices (laughs) yeah i think that bit of poetry is just oh it's so good it's so good. And like, I think, honestly, this comes back to my question, who is having a good time in this world? I don't think anybody is ever having a good time. Right? So I don't and know even why. Like, and the commander is like way up there, right? Like, yeah. He's one of the upper echelon. He should, he's he should the be, most powerful person He should here. be so happy. I know. He fun. made the world be the uh, thing that he wants. But you know, you can't always get what you want. 
But if you try sometimes, you just might find... You get what you need. Or like, I don't know, careful what you wish for, but it's just, you know, anything anything you want turns out like this. I know. So the lesson is don't want stuff. (laughs) Or it's the handmaid's tale. I'm sure everybody was with me during those rhetorical yeah, leaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was some. That, that was rhetorical some, leaf was just fine. That was some uh, U.S. Was gymnastics hell. team. That was some Simone <laughs> Biles esque tumbling and a turning. <laughs> That's it. Uh, let's see. Fly. Oh, yeah, this we, is, oh, this is another example of. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. The idea of comparing women to cats comes up again in this one when Aunt Lydia is talking on it. She says, "Uh, you are spoiled girls, she twinkled, as if rebuking a kitten. Naughty puss. And I'm so interested in this comparison to cats. I think I did say it. You did say it on the podcast. All right, it exists. You were like, we're going to talk about it. Here's another uh, example of that. So Women equal cats. Yeah. That's that's my whole thesis. That's That's just my my name. (laughs) my date the name of the class <laughs> women are cats women drop are cats, the mic <laughs> five on the ap test yeah i guess i don't have anything new to say about that but i just noticed it <laughs> no i was just gonna say we had you know that little flashback to the center and mm-hmm. you know them prepping them for this boredom Ugh. she's praying oh it's more is talking about how she's gonna escape and she talks about faking sick and it doesn't work it doesn't work for her at all nope so that's also for dinner she had hamburger balls i just want to i just want to point that out since we were talking about pork balls balls. so much balls so many balls and so few babies (laughs) true uh oh god and they talk about her feet being swollen they they beat her feet with steel cables they didn't care what they did to your feet or your hands, even if it was permanent. Remember, said Aunt Lydia, for our purposes, your feet and your hands are not essential. I know. I underline that, too. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, and it just, it's so frustrating to me that the most unique and amazing thing that women can do, which is create life, mm-hmm. is still somehow managed to be a ding. It's yeah. still managed to be the only thing that we can do. Yeah. Like the fact that we can do that devalues everything else about us. Doesn't that suck? Because it is an awesome. It is an awesome thing. Like, in and the I don't even. Word, I don't even awesome. want to do it. But like, I recognize how cool it is. Yeah. Like, I've never done anything that cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, one time I did catch a shrimp in my mouth at Benihana on the first try. So I mean, I'm close, but you're right. It's not. So it's not the same. Um, yeah, that's so did interesting. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> You're going to be back with the whole Midler Medley. <laughs> Midler Medley. Welcome back to Midler Medleys. <laughs> Mitchell told me he'd never been to a Benihana and he wanted to go and it was like the best day of my life. <laughs> I, was like, I want to share this. With- I can show you the world. <laughs> Shining. Shimmering. Shimpering. Shrimpering. Shrimpering. <laughs> this is fun. Normally on podcasts, uh, it's usually a man and me and they don't want to make up fun songs. What? I'm the only one who makes up fun songs. What? Yeah. Uh, y'all need you a kooky man. I, I don't want... No, man. I'll just stick with you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'm done with... I'm reading The Handmaid's Tale, Molly. I'm freaking over it. Let's pivot from this really happy fun time to <laughs> the idea that Serena Joy is crying during this ceremony. That oh that was the part where I'm like, okay, I'm team Serena Joy. I'm, I'm sad for her. She cries. That breaks my heart. Wait, where do you see that she's crying? It says... It's right before they describe the hamburger balls. And they say, uh, 
she, she, Serena begins to cry. I can hear her behind my back. It isn't the first time. She always does this the night of the ceremony. Oh my God. She doesn't make noise. She's trying to preserve her dignity. Uh, this is a I, gorgeous bit of I writing. somehow miss this completely. And it makes her, the thing that's interesting is the tension between her lack of control and her attempt to suppress it is horrible. It's like a fart in church. I feel, <laughs> I feel as always the urge to laugh, but not because I think it's funny. Uh, the smell of her crying spreads over us and we pretend to ignore it. Oh my so God. Like, oh, that's really good writing and heartbreaking. It is so horrible. She makes her sad. That kills me. She that kills so, me. No, and it's like I like I don't like Serena Joy. I know. And you're not meant to like no. her. But she is just as broken by this <gasps> as Offred is. Oh, it this passage destroys me and you're right and it's why is she crying is she crying because she loves the commander and it's sad that she has to share him is she cry? i think maybe what you're supposed to think is that she's crying because this woman who made such an effort to have so much control now kind of doesn't yeah but i think it's also to an extent you know she's still grieving her infertility yeah whether it's her or whether it's him yeah. Like she couldn't do this, it's which is now the most important thing in the world as they know it. Right. And she was examined and found wanting. Oh, that's so sad. It just, I, I just, it breaks my heart that she's crying and sad about this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That to your point, she is infertile. That They confirm that later, uh, closer to birthday, where they say some commanders don't have handmaidens they have babies right. with their wives okay so they must have tried that and it didn't work they yeah. say uh to each according to need mm-hmm. is how the handmaids are given out so yeah it's an awfully communist idea isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so that's it makes me sad that she that she cries um and the that's the end of the chapter and we're ready to go <laughs> below it the commander is fucking what he is fucking is the lower part of my body. I do not say making love because this is not what he's doing. Oh, but then she makes the distinction, which is interesting because we'd been talking about this. This, uh, sh- oh, nor does rape cover it. Nothing is going on here that I haven't signed up for. There wasn't a lot of choice, but there was some, and this is what I chose. Like, oh. first of all, that's a gorgeous sentence. Yeah. That gives me like chills. That's such a well-composed sentence, mm-hmm. but... But I mean, she, you know, women do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Women are raped. Oh, and then they're and they, like, oh, I wasn't raped. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that. I, I, I just because how else do you go on? Sure. In certain sure. situations, like if you if you acknowledge that you have no control, mm-hmm. some people can't go on. Yeah. Interesting. So you think that that's it's it's not it's like a coping mechanism. I think it's a cope. I mean, because I mean, what you know, it's certainly widespread systemic. Like, even if she's yeah. agreed to this specific, like right. the idea that the idea that the, that she had to make this choice at all is rape mm. to me. Like if your choice, yeah, if right. your choice is right. oh go clean up toxic waste or let this dude bone you once a month, yeah, you're um, right. And let us, you know, rent out your uterus, essentially. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, that's that's still rape. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, the thing about, the thing about rape, <laughs> it's going to be the title of one of my comedy albums. <laughs> oh, <boy>. um, <laughs> You know. Uh, Rape. Yeah. 
rapé. The thing about rapé, and I'm not, I'm not trying to download the, to download. (laughs) I'm not trying to downplay the physical trauma that is involved in rape Mm -hmm. oftentimes, but the point is not the physical attack. It is the lack of consent. Right. It is, it is the complete lack of consideration for another human being. Absolutely. And And the power inherent in that. And what this society has done is just say, hey, everybody who isn't this handful of people, mm-hmm. you no longer have the power of consent. Oh, 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 it's so sad. And I mean, I'm talking about the men as well here. Sure. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, but, you know, it's not like that doctor maybe necessarily wanted to have sex with her. Like, we get it from her perspective, you know, but it's like, and right. you know, a lot of the things that happen later, too, it's like none of these people want to be having sex with the people they're having sex yeah. with. Yeah, totally. Yeah, gosh, that's so interesting, man. So, uh, so here's what the ceremony is. Okay, the ceremony is uh, Alfred lying on her back, mm-hmm. Serena Joy above her uh, with her legs apart, and uh, just uh, this makes me viscerally uncomfortable. Alfred has to lie with her skull, the base of her skull on the uh, okay. on, on her pubic bone. pubic bone, and then the commander is fucking her. And I'm just like, I'm just thinking about like the, like, you know, does he have to get himself hard? Like how? That's so interesting because they make a point to say that like arousal and orgasms are no longer thought necessary. Yeah. They would be a symptom of frivolity merely like jazz garters or beauty spots. Uh, So he must have to because. Yeah, because I mean, they can't, they're not allowed to do anything. Arousing about this situation. So he's got to do something, which is, that is kind of funny too. That's like, that's the commander's duty is you got to get hard and you got to throw up, come in somebody's body. Kissing is forbidden between us. This makes it bearable. Ah, yes. Because honestly, to me, there's nothing worse than thinking about kissing somebody you don't want to kiss. I mean, <sighs> apart from actually kissing somebody that you don't yeah. want to kiss. Yeah. But like, if you think about kissing somebody that you don't want to kiss, it is just so abhorrent. It is abhorrent. Yeah. It's awful to think about. Well, it's like I said, it's, it's the pretty woman rule is like, that was her one rule in pretty woman is like, I don't yeah. kiss on the mouth. And it's because that until is so Richard much- Gere tricks her, uh, he pushes her boundaries. But that is so it's much romantic. More, it is so much more intimate than having sex mm-hmm. in a way, you know, because it's it's your face. It's so close to your your face. You're so vulnerable. I call like, my vagina my second face. So <laughs> <laughs> I put a little Groucho glasses on it. No. And it says, say, I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> I once caught an elephant in my vagina. What they were doing in my vagina, I'll never know. <laughs> it's actually, it's Baroness Groucho's face is the name of my vagina. And it goes... Groucho would be a great name And it goes... <laughs> we are learning so much <laughs> about my vagina. I get so mad when men talk about my vagina. Well, like, what do they say about me? There's like anybody, like any man who refers to my vagina. I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know Groucho. <laughs> Okay, your vagina is now named Groucho because that's hilarious. Yeah, I liked yours better as the Baroness, honestly. Okay, mine is the Baroness. That Mine's, seems more you. Mine's like a beard. Mine is like the bearded lady, actually. Oh, like Kathy Bates on American <laughs> Horror Story Freak Show? Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do they say mean things about your vagina? Or like... Just, just anything about it. You just don't want it talked about? No, I just... I'm like, you don't know. Get my vagina's name out your mouth. Basically. <laughs> I'm like, if you... 
you know, it's like a privilege. Yeah. And I don't know that I've ever been with anybody who's earned the privilege to talk about my vagina. It's like, this is private. <laughs> this is this is me and her. <laughs> this is a, this is an A-B conversation, yeah, so this is see A-B. your way out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, we have That's fun. Great. We do. We really have fun. We're so having a blast this discussing is, I this. I hope everybody's having as much fun as we are. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Um, well, what's interesting about the, the way that they're arranged is we actually see it kind of again uh, during the birthday chapter. Yes. Because it's, it's very much this illusion that, like, the wife and the handmaid are one and they're mm-hmm. in this together. And she's just like a conduit you know in this relationship well because i mean this is going to be serena joy's baby yeah if they have one Mm -hmm. it's serena joy's baby right yeah so it's just interesting this like false sense of like sisterhood and like you're on the same team which they are but it's just like they don't like each other you know it's really white feminism at its finest (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) well it's interesting because i think they talk about the notion that that you're referring to um her mother brings up the idea that like Mm -hmm. this generation of feminists like don't know what they have yeah and i mean that's always true an extent but also trans exclusionary feminists so absolutely um but i mean that's that's any revolution Right. Like the next oh, generation yeah. is never going to appreciate what it was like before because they don't a know what it was like before. Percent. Yeah, totally. Um, we'll get to that when we a little bit more when we talk about the mother. But uh, so the next chapter. Oh, she misses Luke so bad. I know. I that It makes me ache. It makes me also. I was just going to say that it makes me ache. Whoa. We're, we're going to finish up. each other. Oh, my That's God. Oh, I just started bleeding. Did you? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You can talk about my vagina anytime. Oh, thank Any you. Any woman can talk about my vagina. You sure. Because they get it. They get it. They, they it's, understand. It's a user's manual. It's like an expandable pouch. <laughs> <laughs> I can put things in it. Don't put things in it. <laughs> just a PSA. Like, just in general, like, don't put random stuff in your vagina. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll give you a, a sickness. Please don't. <laughs> that you would not be down with. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, so the next chapter is immediately after. Ew, I, oh, God, I hate the part where they talk about like his cum like dripping out of her. Ugh. Um, Ugh. But uh, so she's in her room, but she feels like very awake, which is interesting. Uh, and I think that oh fuck, this is fucked up. We get to see what she uses the butter for. She uses it as like face lotion because they don't give them lotion. It says this was a decree of the wives: the absence of lotion. They don't want us to look attractive for them. Things are bad enough as it is. Like. Oh. So petty. <laughs> the, Serena Joy is like a master class in pettiness. Yeah. I mean, but She's I think it's, it's all the wives. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, I mean, I get it. I get it too. I'm not immune to jealousy, no, but no. it's also like, uh, well. But it's so messed up. That, you know, they don't want to be here, right? Yeah. Give them some lotion, okay? <laughs> like, you don't want dusty ass Just, just some bath and body works. A little Come juniper on. breeze. Come, Come on. on. Come on. Come on. Come on. She leaves her bed and starts walking around the house. Uh, And the thing that I think is interesting is uh, she starts off this paragraph goes, I want Luke here so badly. I want to be held and told my name. I want to be valued in ways that I'm not. I want to be more than valuable. Blah, blah, blah. And that ends with, I want to steal something. Like, oh, shit. 
I mean, what else can she do? That's like her. When you can't, when you can't get what you want and you Mm -hmm. can't get what you need, Mm -hmm. you become destructive Mm -hmm. and she cannot destruct much. No, this is like, this is like the last resort, like cut her life into pieces. So yeah. So she's just straight up, just walking around the house in the dark. It was very dangerous. And she meets Nick in the dark who was coming to get her which yeah. is interesting and there's like a brief moment where they don't explain what is going on and you're like it was he why was he coming mm-hmm. like what's wrong and then he kisses her i love kissing that? i love i love kissing too does I'm he kiss her it. he kisses her he goes he puts his hand on my arm pulls me against him his mouth on mine what else comes from such denial <sighs> So he kisses her. He just straight up kisses her. And it's like very hot. (laughs) Like, again, like you are so starved for titillation in these books that you hold on to it like a drowning person. Yeah. Fuck. It escalated (laughs) from foot touching to full on mouth on mouth action. (laughs) And it's brief. And it's they don't give you a lot to hang on to. And they don't give you time to ruminate on it. But like, oh, God. And I love that she, that's her, that's an act of rebellion too. She goes, it would be like shouting. It would be like shooting someone to kiss. And oh, oh, no, it's not even to kiss. She wants, she thinks about having sex with him mm-hmm. in the parlor. And that would be an act of rebellion. Oh, it's interesting. But he's there to tell her the commander wants to see her <laughs> by herself. And she's like, oh, that's kind of a boner killer, but okay. Well, and this is interesting again, is she kind of justifies to herself kissing Nick by she says Luke you'd know you'd understand it's you here in another body which is kind of funny because that's the idea that we're all one flesh is kind of an idea that the wives trade on it's Mm -hmm. like no no no, I'm having sex with my husband I'm birthing yeah this baby it's me it's me in another body Mm -hmm. and so we're constantly like it's dysmorphic almost Mm -hmm. so she has to go see the commander tomorrow and for what we don't know but it's making me giggly because I know <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I also know. We've read this before. We have. But um we'll say this it. next chapter is all about Luke. It's all about Luke. <laughs> and I just oh I love this. Oh god. But this is wrong. Nobody dies from lack of sex. It's lack <laughs> of love we die from. Yeah. Oh that that like, also sentences like that. They kill you. They kill you because they're so good. Margaret Atwood drove up in front of our house. She took a gun out and she's like, blah, blah, blah. Got you right in the heart, bitch. Mm. And then she drives away. She just drives away in her car, like bounces a little bit. Yep. She does. (laughs) She's she's a gangsta of prose, Margaret Atwood. She's incredible. And you know what's funny is I started reading Edible Woman, which is her next book Mm -hmm. I want to try to read. I didn't get the same sense. You know, she's kind of hit or miss, I think. Really? I really like. We already talked about the ones that the, I like. Yeah. But, I'm going to um, try to read those. The next. Blind Assassin is so good. Okay, I'm going to do that. I ha- you can borrow it right now if you want. No, I don't want like two books in my purse. What okay, cool. Dork? <laughs> yes, you're a big dork. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So this is all of the things that she goes through in her mind about Ugh, Luke. Yeah. Like, is he dead? Um, is he locked up somewhere? Uh, you know, has he been tortured? Um, or did he make it across the border? You know, is he, is he safe somewhere and he's going to come for her eventually? And she just, you know, these are the things that she goes over, over and over and over again in her head. And it is just devastating. It is devastating. Like, I don't even want to talk about it that much because it's so upsetting. Nor do I. Because it's like the idea of not knowing. Yeah. 
And it, it's interesting because she, there's a hope to it, right? Because mm-hmm. if Luke is alive, she's like, if Luke is alive, Luke is working to try to get me. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's, you know, at the very least, that's what you owe your partner. It's like, <laughs> I will try to find you. I promise. Yeah. This sentence I found chilling. And she goes, there must be a resistance. Or where do all the criminals come from on the television? It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's like real now. Mm-hmm. Birthday. This is one of the best parts of this book. It is. Happy birthday. Happy to us birthday all. to us all. Even though it is actually horrifying. It's horrifying, but it's so good. It's so good. I got to say this chapter, this section really scratches my call the midwife. Because <laughs> Somebody alerted me to the existence of a call the midwife podcast called Afterbirth. That is a fantastic name. It's a very fantastic name. And I came name. up with the name called the midwine. Uh-huh. And I still think that's a way that's, better name. Afterbirth is incredible. Yeah. Fuck. Good for you. Afterbirth. That's yeah. a great podcast. I don't know who you are or where you are, but holy good cannoli. For you. That's a great name for a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it, but I'm very interested in midwifery. So this chapter cool. was great. Somebody on Facebook was like, our generation is defined by the fact that like all my friends want to be midwives and none of them want to have a baby. Yes. Who said that? That's a brilliant I can't. Quote. It's somebody that we both know. Yes. Cause I do remember that. Fuck. If you wrote that Facebook update, I think you're very funny because that is so true. <laughs> Oh, man. This chapter begins with another very heartbreaking part is that I'm dreaming that I'm awake and I know I'm not. It's like, oh, help. Help me. I, I hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> Molly may not survive this podcast, uh, everybody. We have another instance of her not looking at her uh, body as she dresses, mm-hmm. which is another like dysmorphic. Ooh, I thing. do that all the time. I look. My I... body looks great from above. I just, I would like to be a pure ball of energy. Really? I would like to not have a body. Interesting. I know, but I've been reading about that. So singularity? No. No. Just It's the the concept of like the ghost in the machine and the idea that there can be no mind without a body. And I'm very opposed to this, but it seems like I'm not going to get rid of this body anytime soon. I want you to be like that one lady in Doctor Who where she's just like a piece the of face. skin in a face. Yeah. I would, you know, kind but she was mean. Yeah. She was a bad person face. <laughs> what do you even call that? Uh, yeah, she was person face she was a bad consciousness trapped yeah, in a yeah, piece yeah. of skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's also like the only Doctor Who episode I've ever seen. So I, I only can reference that. Ever. <laughs> you know, honestly, you don't need you don't need to know. Yeah. Like honestly, just like know one thing. Yeah, yeah. I also know the Doctor Who episode where they literally meet the devil, which was really dumb. What? Yeah, there's that must the be one. after I stopped watching. Uh, it's it's pretty. I think it's like david Tennant, so it's pretty oh like, well then i don't know it's the one with the ood the the, the oh the was the people. devil in yeah they go to a planet and they're like there's a being on here that's been here forever also oh it's the devil <laughs> 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 they do that in a star trek movie too. Like, i hate when science fiction is like oh yeah also god is real bye like no come on <laughs> come on that's boo-boo have fun suckers <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Boy. Margaret Atwood would never say God is real. She would never. She would never. The, what she would say, and this is another theme that is constant in the book, is words meaning two things. So she goes, I sit on the chair and I think about the word chair. It can also mean the leader of something. It can also mean a mode of execution. It's the first syllable in charity. It's the French word for flesh. None of these facts are has any connection with the others. It's like, it doesn't. But she did this earlier with Mayday, mm-hmm. which is is the french you know maids yeah i can't say it 
I don't know if I, I don't look I am monolingual I am obsolete but she's interested Margaret Atwood is interested in words that mean more than one thing and we can look at offred as a, a version of that so it can mean belonging to Fred but it can also mean offered mm-hmm. up so that's kind of interesting she has a breakfast that sounds dope she's eating an egg mm-hmm. two eggs eggs fertility we mm-hmm. get it got it <laughs> but yeah. then oh go boy ahead, oh boy go on. guess what bring ah, it to me bring the, it home the birthmobile the it's birth here mobile. the birthmobile oh my god <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah and they say even the rain is gravid and gravid is pregnant so i know that word <laughs> um so that's funny Oh, so this is interesting. So you kind of explained this to me last time, but it gives us a definition of what an unbaby means. An unbaby with a pinhead or a snout like a dog or two bodies or a hole in its heart and no arms and webbed hands and feet. Uh, So this birth defects happen all the dim damn time, Mm -hmm. apparently. Mm -hmm. So that's what an unbaby is, which kind of makes me wonder. I mean, obviously, I think this is what this isn't saying is like babies with like Down syndrome and like other like mental health kinds of things probably also don't yeah i would I, this doesn't seem like a society that's no. super uh <laughs> open to chromosomal no. deviation or any deviation no. whatsoever so i don't think uh which is funny because they're so opposed to abortion but is abortion any like worse than like you know killing a baby that's conjoined or like you know is born with with abnormalities in their extremities you know it's people, not much better people will do any kind of mm-hmm. you know calisthenics Ugh. to justify what they're doing Ugh, i hate it i hate it i don't like it <laughs> i'm going on record as not approving oh gosh speaking of the idea of like abortions as they talk about the kind of brainwashing they get at the center is they they talk about women who have no children on purpose and she calls them sluts which Mm -hmm. is funny they were lazy women they were sluts they're sluts (laughs) so that is funny i mean the notion that if you have sex other than for procreation you're slutty yeah which is i've always pretty much internalized that so oh yeah but i mean that was that is how i was raised sure like i was definitely raised absolutely sex is for procreation and anything else is like extra and you shouldn't want that it's so interesting because i i struggle with this idea of how you would tell a kid about sex in a positive way because like i would want to impart the idea that like sex is great sex is fun like you should you should approach it with some kind a little bit of fear i think yeah because like obviously bad shit can happen Mm -hmm. when you mix fluids you know yeah um but I don't know how to talk about it and instill a little bit of fear, but not too much. You know, what I I'm mean, saying? I think, you know, I think you just try to be as plain as possible. Honest, and you're just like, yeah. you know, OK, number one, mm-hmm. there are a lot of like emotional things that right. will happen to you that you can't control. Right. And number two, you know, there are a lot of dangerous diseases out there. Yeah. But, you know, pregnant, unplanned pregnancy is for the time being yeah. really not a thing yeah. anymore. Right. Be. It doesn't have to be. Right. And, you know, I don't, you'll be fine. It's so interesting. It's like, it, I want to impart the idea that like sex is a big deal, but it's not the biggest deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, think that's I where think, my wires you know, got crossed. I think it's, it really is just a lot about being very matter of fact about things. Because mm. I think, I think the biggest thing is like, if you're comfortable about it, that's the kid right. will be, because it's like, yeah. that was my experience. It's like my parents were so clearly uncomfortable with the whole conversation. Yeah. It's but uncomfortable. I, was, I get but it. But I was like, I clearly there's some going on here. Mm. <laughs> like I better 
you're clear. Mm. Yeah. Until I, I didn't. Groucho <laughs> 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 rides again. Someday. Uh, so it's interesting that they talk about the kind of ways that the handmaids are treated once they're pregnant. Is It's like they're paraded out in front of the friends of the wives. A good handmaid is like a credit to the wife. She's like your own daughter almost. Mm-hmm. And they say they, they're sweet to Janine or she imagines they're sweet. Yeah, this is all just like an imagined interaction. Right. It seems like it would track. Yeah, it does sound like they're nice to her when they like see her. And then when she leaves the groom after she's gone, little whores, all of them. But still, you can't be choosy. You take what they hand out, right, girls? And it's also interesting, another use of girls. I think that's another thing you should pay attention to is who calls women girls. Yep. And it's aunt, the aunts and the wives. The aunts are referring to the handmaidens and the wives are referring to each other. So that's kind of interesting is just who, who talks like that. The duality is crazy. And Janine up in her room, what does she do? Sits with the taste of sugar still in her mm-hmm. mouth, licking her lips, stares out the window, breathes in and out, caresses her swollen breasts, thinks of nothing. Ugh. I think... Uh, this really def- gets defined uh, in the next couple of chapters when they s- call it transitioning. Birthing, they call it transitioning. Yeah. And so what's interesting is you transition as a handmaid from this, you are a revered vessel. And when you have the baby, it's like, boom, yep. back to nothing. Yep. You're back to, you're transitioning and you're transitioning yourself from mm-hmm. somebody that has this baby that is yours. It, it, you can't be more yours than inside your body, you know, to having nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, so they're all going to the birthing center to watch Janine. Well, it's the house. Oh, the house. It's oh, the right, house right. of Warren. Oh, I have been picturing it wrong then. Nope. They go to the house. Wow. Okay. I was picturing like a gymnasium. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> because they're passing out like Gatorade. It just threw yeah. me. So the wives are there. All the handmaidens are there. And something interesting is like, because it's such a special day, certain rules get lax. Like they can have somebody spikes the punch that they drink mm-hmm. and they can talk to each other and they can be happy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But they don't go right to that. As always, she flashes back in time to the kind of movies that they would make them watch at the Rachel and Leah Center. They would make them watch pornography, like, and, and like, like the worst films. pornography. Yeah. And, like, uh, I mean, you know, and I'm no fan of pornography in general. Right. But this is off like it's so terrible because sure. they're they're taking these things and part of the brainwashing tactic is that this is widespread this is yeah. what people were doing to all women yeah and there is a rhetorical argument to be made mm-hmm. that violence against women is at the core of everything in our society oh i would agree with that but <laughs> You know, this this is this way to just sort of instill this terror right. in them and this this Ugh. conception of the time before as like this wasteland. It's horrible. And it's just awful. Um, and what's interesting is they show it seems to me they show three kinds of movies. They show like very National Geographic kind of images of like women in the third world starving. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, sort of like a very much other experience. Well, it says that they don't show those at the center. Those were movies that she watched in school. Oh, and then I'm they sorry. they do yes. watch the porn. So and they then watch the porn, and then they watch these the unwomen documentaries. Interesting, which are essentially like just it's like footage of like the, the women's, women's rights movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and which her is mom is in it. Oh, that hurts me too. That's why I had to call my mom. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be separated from you in a post-apocalyptic world. I would be okay with that. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I'm already pretty separated from my mom in this pre-apocalyptic world. So, well, they. What's interesting about this is that they um, they play the soundtrack to the porno, but not the soundtrack mm-hmm. to the marches, and they black out the names in the credits with crayon because they aren't allowed to read. Yeah, that's so awful to me. Ugh. Yeah, because and it's interesting because if you could hear, you might be inspired, but you can't. And so it's a, it's basically a take back the night rally. And that's something that I found striking because at the core, I think her mother and Aunt Lydia have the same goal. They and want Aunt Lydia, women to Aunt be Lydia points that out. She's like, you know, we agree with them on some stuff. Yeah. She's like, they'd yeah. be fine if they would just fall in line. Exactly. I think, gosh, I didn't, I didn't underline but it. They but they were godless like that. and that can make all the difference. Don't yeah. you agree? That's what it was. Oh, I know. So we see again, though, the idea of freedom to choose. So freedom to versus freedom Mm -hmm. from. Here's what's hilarious. So they have the part where the mother is talking about how she chose to have Offred. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. And that's fun. (laughs) She goes, um, a man is just a woman's strategy for making other women. And in the in the margin, I go, yes, hunty, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been my favorite part. So <laughs> yes, and I genuinely feel that. That's also, and I love little boys. I do but too. Part of my terror of having it, if I have a child, and my child is a boy, I will resent that child. Oh. I will resent the child forever. I wouldn't resent a child, but I told Mitch, I was like, you know, I definitely want at least one of each. But if we have two boys, so help me, I will buy a girl. Like, I cannot. <laughs> I am put on this earth to have a daughter. Like, right? give me one, please. Oh my God. It's so, like, I'm really settling into, like, my womanness and my, like, sisterhood, like, uh-huh. feeling right now. And I feel this way. My best friend, one of my best friends is pregnant now, and she is marinating a girl and mm-hmm. i'm just like yes bring this baby into this world she has a family of like strong fun awesome women who i grew up with mm-hmm. and so it seems like the most miraculous best thing that could ever happen to me is my friend having this beautiful baby with these all these women like oh i'm and fucking ovulating this i is great i have a friend from high school who has three sons oh. um she, the first son uh-huh. is so badly behaved that i cannot believe that she rolled the dice again once let alone two oh times my God. and like she will like admit she's like yeah i'm crazy wow but you know i i just feel like you know you see these families are like they clearly were trying for a girl they were trying so trying hard. so well, hard your family it sounds like no my parents just oh. liked having kids <laughs> good for them yeah and i was really all the girl anybody could handle <laughs> i'm a lot of girl my mom my mom would have loved to have another girl and i would have loved that also but it just did not happen this is funny i mean this is another tangent and oversharing but mitchell says he's been having dreams that we have a daughter and he goes she's a stinker <laughs> like oh, i'm so excited to have this naughty girl this is exciting just please let me like this is my only thing about not wanting to have a baby is like now i gotta be real thirsty on all the pe- on like other people's babies you gotta be aunt thirsty yeah i'm gonna be aunt thirsty <laughs> aunt, <laughs> aunt thirsty sounds like an advice column <laughs> Aunt Thirsty, I can't get a date. Well, first of all, (laughs) more like thirst of all. (laughs) No, but like I'm so thirsty for other people's because I want to hold them and like snuggle them. them. But like it's you can't just say that. No, you can't say. But that's what's funny is 
in this chapter, they are that hungry. They oh, are yeah. that. They're allowed to be so enthusiastic about babies. And I think this is just a heightened feeling that we all feel <laughs> or a lot of us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Now, I do love a communal birthing. Oh, fucking. It's very red tent. I love that about Red Tent. I love that about Red Tent. Oh, my God. I love that. And when Menarche happens and they, like, do that, like, ritual for you. I don't love that. That's scary. Oh, really? I liked it when they put, like, the household god in her vagina. I was like, that's I hated that part. I love that part. That part sounds so hurty. I hate it. Uh, Well, I like it. But I do have a hurty vagina, so maybe. you're like, yes, come into the club. But I I love that sense of community Mm -hmm. of women, especially when you're scared and when something's happening to your body. That's what's so great about Call the Midwife is that it's yes. you know it's all these women who are like you're gonna be fine yeah and i like that this happens Angelina all the time constantly is like no men in here yeah. get your masculine energy out of here <laughs> it's like, please yes oh, so gosh. then we so we actually get into the room and so mm-hmm. all the handmaids are there and it's unclear like how many of them are there that's like it's like think, what's the what's the delineation here like how many households know. are involved i know that's why i was it sounds like there's only the one birth mobile so maybe right. it's just like people in a certain neighborhood or something like that. That but. must be it. Um, did you understand what this meant? So they talk about all of the women in the same room and, you know, it's smelly, not unpleasant necessarily, but mm-hmm. it's like blood and, and sweat and some, and she calls it smell of matrix. Does that make any sense to you? Not really. I want to understand this and I don't get it. I mean, I think, you know, I think it, at least on a surface level, it's like, all these different things together okay like a very complex smell we're okay that's that makes sense to me that's interesting but otherwise has redheads yeah. if you have another interpretation of that please let us know and please don't make jokes about the movie the matrix yeah, like i it's think we not that we've all suffered <laughs> enough <laughs> remember when everybody loved those movies right? they're so boring i know Ugh. we were so stupid in the late 90s Jeez. And the uh, Wachowski sisters were still the Wachowski brothers. We've all changed right. wow. so much. What a whirlwind. So crazy. <laughs> Here again, we get the idea of names being important because before she gives her any information, Alma, the other midwife, or pardon me, handmaiden asks what her name was. Uh, that's interesting. She asks about Moira. Oh, this is so interesting. So again, I think Margaret knows when you are starting to dislike a character and she's like, how about this? (laughs) (laughs) Do you dislike them now, you cold hearted bitch? Because they start talking about Janine and they say the reason that Janine is here is because she obviously proved to be fertile. She had a child before um, and she used to cry about it like all night, like really loudly in the in the Rachel and Leah center. And she says, pain marks you, but too deep to see. That's a woman thing. It's so a woman. That's thing. a woman thing. So woman that's thing. a woman thing. Uh, my vagina is oh. not the only thing that's hurting people. Girl, it's my soul. <laughs> oh, oh, this is funny. This is like one of the more genuinely hilarious parts of the book is. So Janine is going into transition. I mean, she's getting ready to give birth and she goes, I want to go outside. I want to go for a walk. I feel fine. I have to go to the can. <laughs> and then uh, trying Mar- to get out of birth. Margaret Atwood says, which of these statements is true? Probably the last one. <laughs> 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 <That's so good. laughs> but it's also, it reminds me a little bit of the poetry a couple chapters back. Like mm-hmm. it was fine. It was hell. It was all right. <laughs> yeah. It's such a quick transition of like all your bodily needs in once and then she does indeed go to the can so there's poop in this chapter too so much poop <laughs> uh 
Which is funny because I would think that you were not allowed to poop that close to giving birth because uh, you're going to you, poop out a baby. You have to. Like, yeah. I mean, that happens to a lot of women. Like, poop like, you poop on the table. Yeah. I, I can't decide what I am more afraid of. Shitting in front of everybody or ripping my vagina f- in twain. I'm definitely more afraid of ripping my vagina. I think I am too. I don't want to because I. uh, That's actually the like I worked hard on this vagina. (laughs) Hurty or not, we've been through a lot, and I'm not going to do that to it. And I have been through Groucho and I need to rest. Oh (laughs) jeez. Oh man. So uh, she's getting ready. Oh, and this is ridiculous. Is they put on this play almost that the commander's wife is giving birth. It's so absurd. So they have like kind of they're mimicking the rituals like they're rubbing her back. They're rubbing her belly. Mm-hmm. They get they make her wear like pajamas. And then as soon as Janine gives birth. Forget Janine. Like they put the commander's wife in bed and they pose the baby. The baby after it's been hosed off of. Mm-hmm. She calls it yogurt. Which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> This is a funny chapter. Yeah. Um, when it's clean and pristine and good looking, they give it to the wife and the wife poses as if she's given birth. And the, the thing that destroyed me in this chapter is when he says the, the wives go to the wives and the handmaidens go to Janine. And she says, we stand between Janine and the bed. So she won't have to see this. It's like, it hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It hurts me. And that they know as much as they dislike Janine or are jealous Mm -hmm. of her, they know that they have to protect her. Yeah. she'll be allowed to nurse it which is almost worse worse that is worse like that's so much worse which also happens in the red tent Mm -hmm. Jeez, yeah what a shitty time yep everybody's (laughs) been having a bad time for everybody's been having a bad time for so long uh any significance do you read any any significance into the baby's name being angela uh i mean just the fact that you know they're all super christian is that a Christian name or you're just talking about because it's there's angel in it? Angel. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, Angela is a Christian name. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think, you know, because that's what the soldiers are named. Oh, that's You know, they're called angels. So I'm like, I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, like, oh, this baby is part of the fight against, you know, oh. extinction or whatever you'd call it. That's but, very interesting. Yeah. And also, you know, just this pure, pristine person. And I like when they say it's a girl, poor thing. Oh! Cause yeah, yeah. Cause that yeah, does, that hurts me too. It's not a good time. Oh, no one's having a good time. Well, I think what's, what's it always it reminds me of the Great Gatsby when Daisy says say yeah that. when Daisy says the best thing a girl can be is it's a like little fool, a beautiful little fool. Yeah, yeah. I love that uh, Kate Beaton comic. You know the Hark of Angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what baby? And she's like sitting <laughs> on the baby. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I Daisy's love, the worst. Daisy is the fucking worst. I like Jordan Baker because she cheats at golf. Jane, Jordan Baker is the hero of that book. I agree. Let's she's, be honest. She's like, you know, you got it, girl. girl. I only like literary lesbians. <laughs> like, I never like want to date a woman, but uh-huh. like in books, I'm always like, get it. Me too. I alienated my entire high school class in AP literature in junior year because we were reading The Turn of the Screw. Oh, yeah. And my teacher was like, okay, so the the narrator and mrs whatever the housekeeper's name were they're what and i had been reading on spark notes the night before uh-huh. and i was like lesbians and everybody was like no they <laughs> laughed so hard and i was like it's a legitimate theory totally right and he's like a- no no no. they're competition for like the main guy's affections i'm like yeah and lesbians come on you can do both let's have both yeah can we have both <laughs> if we're gonna have ghosts and like child molesters in like the same book like let's also have lesbians yeah like, man well. like give us something to look forward to 
<sighs> Turn of the Screw is boring AF. Like, I loved it. Oh, I loved it until they laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was like, fuck you, Henry James. <laughs> Goodbye. Never mind. <laughs> uh, You're not my real dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this ghost is. Oh, speaking of ghosts, we got a ghost baby. Everybody has that feeling uh, as they're leaving the the house where she's just giving birth of the phantom baby. And uh, there, uh, some of them are leaking milk <laughs> out of their boobs. And this, this is like the most horrifying, fascinating thing in the world to me. This happens in, have you ever read the book Into the Forest? I've never met another person that's read that book. You've read it? I've never met anybody who's read it. That book is great until, speaking of lesbians, I hate, I mean, uh, Into the Woods spoiler, but Into the Forest spoiler, but I hate when, like, the sisters hook up in that book. Like, I don't mind it. I I read it as a teenager, so I was upset Yeah, that would have been, I read it as an adult, so it would have been, to me, it was like they'd been through this incredible trauma. Yeah. And again, they had not been having, like, loving touch. Oh, and. And to me, I thought I it was it was it was essential for being able to deal with the pregnancy, right? Anyway, but you're right. But I don't want to I don't want to say too much more about it because, like, honestly, I feel referring. like I feel like if people like The Handmaid's Tale, they would really like Into the Forest. But you know what's cruddy is that book's out of print. <gasps> oh my god! I tried to order when I worked at Barnes and Noble. I tried to order like a box of it because I think it's really great, and I would always recommend mm-hmm. it. It's incredibly hard to find. I so. got it. Um, Somebody who listens to Up Yours Downstairs sent it to me as a gift. Really? Um, I had never heard of it. It was fantastic. My mom read it and she gave it to yeah. me. It's really it's good. It's so but good. But you're right. A similar thing happens. Yeah. And it's it's just always like, and breastfeeding creeps me out. Does it? Like, I hate the end of The Grapes of Wrath. Aww. I hate it so very much. Well, you know what? That's interesting because that is a theme that comes up in literature a lot. Like, I just read um, Beloved yeah which i should reread because i read that as a teenager okay. and it was very upsetting to me it is like upsetting. The, the frankness of sexuality I it still is upsetting. i was way unprepared <laughs> for that right. um but there is the part where like her agency gets taken away from her because as part of being raped uh the people drink her breast milk mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh it's uh, so scary uh, it's so scary just breast milk in general i find awful and then people use it against you it's so interesting so it's like that's that's your natural resource that you create and it's yeah. only meant to go to your baby way, to a baby yeah. and it's interesting i think it's a way in this sense that like your body betrays you mm-hmm. or your body is so women's bodies are so wired towards this thing mm-hmm. that you can be as you know evolved as you want your body will do this you know it it, it still has this ancient need yeah to do this and i guess i'll lighten things up by <laughs> <laughs> the thing that this makes me think of other than all that is the part in the office <laughs> when <laughs> pam comes back from maternity leave and kevin is talking to her and all of a sudden he starts going and looking at her boobs and he goes sometimes when you hear baby crying melt you down so he tries to like get it to happen (laughs) oh it's so funny and horrible anyway just to be clear i don't want the leche league getting mad oh la leche league calm down but also like yeah we all know breast is best like like use your breast milk to feed babies i'm talking about breastfeeding as a literary device that i don't like and i don't want it to happen to me yeah yeah. <laughs> um I I do love that one news story. It's like woman 
who gets harassed by nursing angrily shoots breast milk. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes. Do it. Yes. Oh, man. So I think the last the last sentence of this chapter is a perfect thing to end on. Because she talks about the idea. She brings back her, her mother's activism. Oh, my God. This book is so brutal. <sighs> it is. It's savage. This book. This so, book is like the Ramsey Bolton of literature. <laughs> I just feel, I feel flayed alive by this really book. You really do. It is very emotionally raw. Um, so she go, she says, mother, I think, mother, I think, whenever you, wherever you may be, can you hear me? You wanted women's culture. Well, now there is one. It isn't what you meant, but it exists. Be thankful for small mercies. Like, and that's I'm dead now. That struck me a lot this time through reading it. And also how completely two dimensional all the men are in this book. Uh, yeah. Totally. And, and I love it. Yeah. I'm I think, it. you know, more two dimensional men in literature <laughs> and in life. <laughs> no. Could you stop having needs? <laughs> JK, I only date the emotionally, the emotionally destroyed anyway. So no, but I, it's such a woman centric book mm-hmm. and you it's can, horrifying. and you can almost see what the ants are saying. Yeah, you know what totally. I mean? It almost makes sense. Well, it's like the idea of freedom to and freedom from, and right? it's the absence of choice. Mm-hmm. And that always brings me back to the giver also by Lois Lowry. If you're playing, I have read that. If you're playing red all over bingo at home, that's two <laughs> Lois Lowry <laughs> references. Uh, don't okay. even, don't even get me started on Anastasia Krupnik. Oh, damn. Um, so you were talking about Lola. So, in the giver, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing is that there's no love anymore. Right. And, you know, Jonas, the protagonist is saying mm-hmm. to the little baby and he's like, you know, there could be gay, there could be choice, there could be love. Jeez. And it's devastating. And then there were some very underwhelming sequels. Oh, um, really? Because I've never read them and I, I was always wondering. The second one isn't too bad. The, the messenger? The uh, Gathering Blue. Oh, I thought that was the last one. No, Gathering Blue is the second one. The third one is Messenger, I Mm. think. And then there's a fourth one. I'm going to say to you, I thought the Giver movie was pretty good. I didn't see it. I wanted to because who played the um, the head of the council? Was it Meryl Streep? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Bridges plays yeah. the Giver. Um, I wanted to see it, but I didn't. And I feel like I'm in the headspace where I could see it now. You should see it. It's actually very good. And I like the Giver. I mean, it's a little like YA movie-y, but it's supposed oh, gee, to be Well, that. but I mean, it came out like... It was like in the, yeah, like it was the height right of like Hunger Fault Games and, and, uh, and Divergent and all uh, that kind of thing. But but it's really good. And I'll it, check it out. And Taylor Swift makes a quick cameo. So if you're into that. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. Like I, I know. I think she's kind of the devil. That's what Jane Harrison but I also was telling like, But I also like kind of like really respect it. I'm here for it. <laughs> And that's all I have to like, say about Should she have that. done Kanye that way? Like, no. But yes, she should have. 1,000%. Yes. Oh, you don't like Kanye? Well, this is another podcast. Okay. We, yeah, we need to have a whole separate thing about yeah. your feelings on Kardashian adjacent people. Girl. I could have a whole <laughs> Kardashian podcast. I fucking I know, love those I know, assholes. I, I love them so much. Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that is kind of funny, too, because that's like, okay, you wanted women to be in charge here's all the kardashians and you hate them yeah what is up with that i know i'm look i'm pro kardashian you're pro gay let's make absolutely <laughs> you're pro gay <laughs> i thought you said pro gay and i was like what <laughs> well, like, are you? yes Wait, i am pro gay but i don't know this no but like uh, people just hate women 
people hate women. Why can't we all just agree? Because like that's what I really hate about Republicans. Yeah, is that they won't just say it, mm. and nobody. Nobody will just say it. Nobody will accept it, even when it's how they're acting. That's what I hate about pop culture discourse, is Mm -hmm. I think it's so much like, look how dumb women are. Mm -hmm. I hate every woman is wrong. I fucking hate it. I Okay, this is my my unified theory of artistic expression. Please. Is that, like, the people who have been responsible for cultural criticism for the past, you know, two Mm -hmm. millennia, millennia no mm, yeah i think that's right is that right no it's millenniums okay no it's not but, <laughs> it's millennia. Look, uh, okay but i mean you know cisgender heterosexual white men have been responsible for crafting that right yes which means that if you're a woman or a person of color or god forbid both or you're a queer person hey. no, um when when the yardstick is we're judging your stuff against this rubric that we have tailored to this particular lens and mode of expression. Number one, there's no room for innovation Mm. because your innovation is immediately perceived as a threat and shot down. And number two, it means like, you know, so in my mind, there's like this curve where like white men have been allowed to do this for Mm -hmm. so long. Yeah. Not that they are necessarily technically more capable. Like, right. This is a hard thing to explain. Right. Because I don't want it to sound like I think women and people of color and queer people like aren't technically capable of stuff. But it's like mm-hmm. we have to have parity mm-hmm. with that stuff. Right. But then also like if we want to innovate, we have to do more on top of it. So like we Backwards rarely. And heels. Yeah. And we rarely have a chance to do the basics yeah like i think if you're an artist you have to start at the bottom and work your way up yes that's and absolutely true women people of color and queer people have never been allowed to start at the bottom and now where are they yeah so anyway jeez people hate women yep and it is destroying all of us so love your local woman today yeah do it (laughs) provide loving touch uh, I also want to say I'm embarrassed by how much we said our Twitter handle uh, last podcast. Oh, my God. Because I'm... I was under the impression that we were cutting it into different sections. So that's why I said it more than once. Wait, what is your Twitter handle? Oh, perfect. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's at uh, Sirius Molly, spelled uh, Sirius as in the state of mind. So S-E-R-I-O. Oh, not Sirius not Black. Not like Sirius Black. Oh. He's or my Harry Potter boyfriend. XM Radio. Really? Once, yeah, once again, bad decisions. Bad See, choices. I'm Emotionally a, unavailable. Ugh. Frequently in prison. I'm such a basic B. Like, I would still to this day bang Harry Potter. I, I want to bang Harry Potter so Ew. Oh, God, girl. Girl. Okay, I can't. See also Daniel Radcliffe. Like, I'm... I mean, I would bang. I would bang Danny Radcliffe. Oh my god, he's so smart and cool. He is really smart and cool. But you know what? I get the impression that he still has a a foreskin, which grosses me out. I love a foreskin. You do not. I do. Why? Explain this to me. Uh, It's fun and it feels good. Icky. (laughs) It's fun and it feels good. Okay, I believe you. I'm in. I understand that I'm in the minority like, in being grossed out by. Understand foreskin. that not all foreskin is created equal. <laughs> it's not. Let me ask you how. No, I'm not going to ask. You. I was going to say to me in my experience. See now, I want to know what you're going to ask. Foreskins me. are gross when you're giving a beach. No, yeah, no, no. Oh, maybe it's like an extension of your lips. Off brand one. Ew. <laughs> it's helpful. I can't. I can't come with you on this journey. I can't. Don't come with me. I won't <laughs> keep all the foreskin for myself. 
<laughs> like multiple foreskin. How much foreskin could a Kellyannikin hoard if a Kellyannikin could hoard foreskin? Could hoard foreskin? <laughs> ah, I was so close. Tongue twisters. If heart. you're listening and you have a foreskin, I'm not grossed out by you. I just, I just would prefer it was other. If you're listening and you have a foreskin, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> the one man who stuck around this long hey, is very sad. I have a four. I don't have a four. One way or the other, he's very sad. He's Sorry, like, sir. Something's not right. <laughs> okay. Back to the handmaid's tale. Oh, I thought that was the end of the section. No. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been wrapping it up. Like no, nah, it thing. keeps I'm, going. Girl, I'm so sorry. We got we got like ten more pages. Girl, I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm sure everybody enjoyed our foray into whatever the hell that just was. So she gets back. Then she kind of flashes back to what she imagines was the the way that Aunt Lydia told Janine how Moira escaped. So Aunt Lydia did tell Janine how Moira escaped. Alfred is like sort of recreating that situation. Mm. But so what... What Moira did is uh, she went to the washroom. And this is where you can totally tell Margaret Atwood is Canadian because she always says washroom. <laughs> so Moira went to the washroom and then uh, she came out and said to Aunt Elizabeth that the toilet was overflowing and to come mm-hmm. fix it. Um, and she got in there. But Moira had uh, gotten into the toilet. She had gotten like this sharp thing out of the, the lid and the handle. I think it's the thing that, that connects yeah, the like little the, floaty ball. Yeah. Yeah. So she got that and she told uh, Aunt Elizabeth that she would murder her. Um, But uh, she tied Aunt Elizabeth up after taking all of her clothes. Right. She put on all of her clothes and she had her pass. Mm -hmm. And then she walked out and, you know, got through all these checkpoints. Wow. You know, nobody, nobody stopped her at that point. Wow. So, you know, basically nobody knows after that what happened to Moira. But just everybody, everybody just couldn't believe it. You know, it was, it was terrifying, but it was still, nevertheless, Moira was our fantasy. We hugged her to us. She was with us in secret, a giggle. Mm. She was lava beneath the crust of daily life. I love that. (sighs) May we all have a Moira in our lives (laughs) and may we all be someone's Moira. (laughs) That's what I think is so great about female friendship. Yeah. I feel like, and I don't know what male friendship is like and I don't care. Genuinely don't know. It's a lot of ball tapping. It is. And that's recreation and that's one of the things that I love about orcs and Creek is it's one of the finest examples of a woman writing male characters that I've ever read. Yeah. Okay. That and Olive Ann Burns cold sassy tree. That's it's called that? It's called Cold Sassy Tree. <laughs> I like that. It's about the South. That's the aesthetic I want to cultivate. That <laughs> I you're... just want to be a cold sassy tree. All right, cool. I think we can make that happen. Great. I'm going to open a window. <laughs> so uh, then we get very meta in the next chapter. She's saying how this is a reconstruction. All of it is a reconstruction. It's a reconstruction now in my head as I lay flat on my single bed rehearsing what I should or shouldn't have said. What I should or shouldn't have done. How I should have played it if I ever get out of here. Jesus, that's too much to deal with. Ugh. It's that's too much. And I mean, that's, this is also what women do. I think, you know, men are not mm. plagued by uh, going back over their actions no. and, and trying to make these decisions again, yeah. because there's no, it's, it's fruitless Yeah, it's, because it's not as if it actually helps you the next yeah. time you're in that situation. No, it never does. So she's doing that. She's hanging out, uh-huh. being sad. And then she remembers that she has to go see the commander oh yeah and this is after cora has like brought her her food and cora is like cora is very much like i really want us to have a baby yeah us and you know offred is like oh yeah you know i um it's my job like mm-hmm. i i just yeah. you know she's the reason for the season I'm literally not allowed to do anything else <laughs> she's the reason for the season 
down to the uh, commander's study, and she's really, you know, she's she's screwed. She can't not go because if she doesn't go, what's he going to do to her? Mm-hmm. And she does go, and Serena Joy finds out mm-hmm. what's going to happen to her, mm-hmm. and she thinks Serena Joy isn't home, although she's not sure because on birthdays the wives hang out and get wasted. And uh, so she's probably there right. being wasted with the other wives. But and the ladies went to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she's alone in the house. I mean, as alone as you can be. And she goes to the commander. And when she gets there, he says, hello. <laughs> it's the old form of greeting. I haven't heard it for a long time for years. Under the circumstances, it seems out of place, comical even, a flip backward in time, a stunt. I can think of nothing appropriate to say in return. <laughs> It's so funny. It almost reminds me because they have been so intimate. Mm-hmm. They like they've had sex, um, and so it's funny that like this is what is shocking to her is that he he gives her a greeting. Like yeah, because it's probably the first time he's spoken to her other like than, directly than yeah. reading the Bible near her mm-hmm. face. It kind of reminds me <laughs> of that thing where like people sometimes say hello after sex. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hi. 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 <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, remember when we were being animals and now we're back to being people? <laughs> well, if you think a greeting is is risque, uh, yeah. wait until you see what the old commandy's got next. <laughs> oh, boy. He, howdy. Uh, he wants to play a game of Scrabble. Not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. <laughs> Just play a game of Scrabble. Oh, my gosh. It's and, so you know, it's- she she is very, you know, by the book. She's, she's like... Uh, okay Uh, well i like when when he goes so they're kind of just standing there like yep like before he even proposes that and he goes you must find this strange and she goes the understatement of the year (laughs) no shit sherlock i Um, feel like cotton candy sugar and air squeeze me and i turn into a small sickly damp wad of weeping pinky red so great so great so much red in this book i think this is it's red all over i'd Uh, say (laughs) everybody take a shot of breast milk yeah gross (laughs) disgusting (laughs) this is the only time like i feel two of two minds about this the end of this chapter is i'm i am endeared to the commander slightly because he's so fucking old and he just doesn't like he doesn't get that this is a scary bad thing he's just like maybe he's like i just miss playing scrabble this is the part i don't think i don't think jay finds is gonna be able to pull off i mean he, he doesn't he looks like a man sure of himself and he looks sinister he looks scary. That's, you know, right? Maybe yeah. that's what I haven't been able to put my finger on. And he does look scary. I've never been afraid of the commander. Me neither. Like, I mean, he has power and he can do I certain don't think things. He should be. But I never, I never feared him the way that I feared Serena Joy. He's, Serena yes. Joy would do some shit to fuck things up, totally. like, even at her own expense. I think the commander is like, it, it's, it goes back to the idea that, like, little kids could betray you. So, like, yeah. the commander is like a little kid, and, like, he could get you in trouble just by being stupid. Yeah. You, you know, whereas well, Serena Joy could hurt you on purpose. Women, you know, and we've seen this with her going through the various ways that Luke could be dead. Yeah. We see this in her replaying what she should or shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, men don't do that sort of like he is like, oh, I'm inviting her to play Scrabble. Like, I know it's like against the rules, but it's nice and I'm in charge. Like yeah. nothing bad could possibly happen. Right. He does not think through the culmination 
or, you know, the various possible culminations right. of these actions. Well, especially, I think the thing that, that we're not saying is like, it's so, it's so much more intimate than what they've been doing. Yeah. I and mean, an intimacy and joy cries mm-hmm. because they're going to have sex. This would just, this would destroy her. Yeah. Like, this is so much less sexual, but this is, this is where he betrays Serena Joy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hurtful. And, you know, I mean, it's a relatively common theme, I think, in, in literature. Mm. But, you know, I mean, intimacy is what we make of it. Like, mm-hmm. sex by itself is not necessarily intimate. Mm-hmm. This is just way more of a, of a I want to use a word other than intimacy, but it's really yeah, the only one. But, I mean, it's just so much more intimate than any of their other interactions. And, I mean, he, If anything, this is wifely. What he's asking. Yeah, her. this is wifely. He wants a girlfriend experience. Uh, <laughs> I hate men so much. <laughs> They're horrible. Uh, I think that's just and so I feel at once endeared to him because he's so if if not well meaning, he's just like he's benign. He's so benign. Yeah. Uh but he's denuded. Exactly. Um, but uh I also feel like the whole time Offred is like, give me a fucking break. This mm-hmm. is bullshit. Yeah. And I agree with her on the, in feeling that way. Well, and then, you know, things end and he says it's time for her to go home. Oh, that's so As funny. if she's not in her home insofar as she has a home. Mitch tells me that all the time. Like, when he's mad at me, he's like, go home. <laughs> I live here now. So... It's he, just, it's absurd. Well, it's kind of like how she talks about, like, church giggles. Like, yeah. this is whole, like, this is insane that this is happening. So she's going to leave, and she, he wants her to kiss him, and she says, okay. I smell <laughs> the shaving lotion, the usual kind, the hint of mothballs. This guy's so old. So Familiar old. enough to me, but he's like someone I've only just met. And then uh, he says, not like that. He says, as if you meant it. He was so sad. That is a reconstruction, too. Because there's no such thing as a reliable narrator. Mm-mm. Nobody's Mm-mm. a reliable narrator. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it's, again, it's a girlfriend experience. That's what he wants with So her. many men want that. Oh, like, And they don't think that that's what they want. That's what they want. But that's what they want. That's totally what they want. Yeah. Totally. And I get it. I'm a dope girlfriend. I get why people want that experience of like everything, everything. That's but what it they is. don't it's, it's want everything. to do anything in return. Exactly. And I, I literally don't understand that. I don't understand yeah. why you would want somebody to invest in you emotionally. Right. If you weren't going to do that also. I know. I wonder if, if men think about that. Huh. I wonder if men think. Well, let's enslave them. Ah, sounds good. <laughs> all right, ladies, we're going to enslave all men. All right, we uh, ride it on. <laughs> yeah, everybody meet at the gazebo. <laughs> Everyone get a buddy. <laughs> Wear your pussy hat yeah. again. <laughs> uh, I didn't like those pussy hats. I adored them. Yeah, that's fine. I just, I was like, I, I thought they were going to look like vulvas. <laughs> I was really disappointed. I'm constantly disappointed that things don't look like vulvas. Uh, I'm just going to have to go look at the works of George O'Keefe once again. <laughs> once again (laughs) once again it's the only thing that i'm interested in oh boy um this is actually the end of the section yeah and things really pick up now oh her is gonna get real it's the combo of the birthday and going to see the commander Mm. that really kicks this plot into high gear i'm excited i as much as this book devastates me it's so good oh absolutely it's It's wonderful read and oh all right. Well, I think we're done. So uh, let's leave them with a little. All right. Nolite te bastardes carburundum.